2: It's time for the Rundown with Rob Sanders.
3: Well, we're waiting.
2: Welcome into the latest edition of the Rundown. I am Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Here on Fox Sports Radio 1400, lots to get to this afternoon. But I tell you what, the Clemson Tigers just left the practice field not too long ago. Let's get some comments from Coach Dabo Sweeney.
4: They... uh talked you yesterday was, was situations and uh, we got done what we needed to get done um, you know I thought uh, uh, very competitive I thought we got better from the other day just you know again it's not open scrimmage but we we ended up creating you know it was first down then it was first down play second down then it was second down play third down then it was all third down then we did third and three two downs to get it game on the line you know end of the game four down four play territory uh, four down territory the whole way. Uh, we did two minutes. We did first and goal on the nine. So we created, you know, all the situations that we needed to get some more work on. And, and, um, and, and overall it was a pretty good day. There, there, were, there were some very big plays early. Uh, that'd probably be the biggest thing that I saw carry over from the other day. I didn't think I didn't think the first down competition. I didn't think our defense was ready. I didn't think they started well gave up some big plays. But then they settled in and really had a pretty solid day um, outside of a couple of of moments. But offensively, hit some huge plays early, ran the ball well, and then we just kind of were just okay. Um, But, you know, again, controlled, got done what we needed to get done, and then we finished up with a lot of last play stuff. We did two different two-minute situations, a field goal to win it, touchdown to win it. And then, uh, and then we did the last plays of the game, last play from the 30, last play from the 15, last play from the 5, one second on the clock. So just really trying to, you know, again, just build our team, grow our intelligence, and, uh, you know, and just keep building, you know, just keep getting better. So we'll go and we'll watch this tape. And, and uh, I'm excited to see how, how they played. I thought we did, we did have more sacks today. We had a few more tackles for loss. We did have a interception. Uh, we had a scoop score off a bad snap. Kayvon scooped one up, scored. So there were some, there were some good plays. We had a 70-yard touchdown run by Dukes, uh, you know, on first down. We had a 70-yard touchdown catch by Cornell on first down. So there were big plays on both sides. Uh, but uh, again, a, a, a big day for us to just keep keep growing and keep keep challenging them to 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 get better. Now they got to go back we'll study this film. They got to show that they care you know, by taking ownership and, and, in, and applying it, getting better. And uh, so hopefully this next scrimmage will be a little more competitive, a little more balanced, uh, but uh, we'll see. So this has, been a, this has been a really tough couple of days. Uh, yesterday was a, was a tough practice out there in Jerby Meadows, and then to come right back this morning, you know, uh, we're off the field. At, I think we got off the field about 8 or something like that, and, and – um, and uh, then right back in here in meetings this morning at 7-something, 107-degree heat index today. Uh, I thought they pushed through pretty good. So I like, I like the mindset that they had today better than I did Saturday. I thought the mindset of the team was better. So, um, you know, we have some guys out. and so Some guys had to take a lot of reps and things like that. But, but um, you know, we'll study the tape. So if we can keep getting better, we're going to back off a little bit tomorrow, and uh, from a from a hitting standpoint, we'll be in we'll be in vest tomorrow, and then uh, you know get them ready for another another game on Thursday.
2: All right, so that's Coach Dabo Sweeney, of course, making some comments there about the heat. And I tell you what, when you have the heat, you worry about your big offensive lineman toting around three hundred plus pounds. Coach Sweeney also had some comments on the offensive line in today's situational scrimmages. His knowledge of
4: the offense. Really good. Really good. He's, he's, he has really been a, a bright spot in this camp. In oh.
3: general,
4: In a general sense, how's your run defense been? How's it what now? The run defense sort of. An- uh, solid. Yeah. Solid. Just kind of sporadic, not as consistent <laughs> as, as we need to be. Uh, and again, we're repping a lot of guys, and, and, and right now we don't really know who our one defense is. Uh, so, kind of got a lot of different combinations, and we're also we're also uh, uh, experimenting, you know, ourselves as coaches and trying to, to challenge ourselves to do a few things. But solid, uh, you know, I wouldn't say we're we're the Bears defense yet, uh, but we're, we're progressing. Savior Kelly put on some good weight, uh, playing defensive tackle now. How's he been in camp so far? You know, solid. I thought it's uh, interesting you bring him up because I thought he probably had his best practice that he's had maybe since he's been here. Yesterday, uh, uh, he had a really good day yesterday, and uh, he did have a sack today. Uh, but outside of that, I need to I need to watch the tape and see see how he, how he did with his assignments and alignments and technique uh, and all that stuff. But but. Um, Yesterday was a very good day for it.
0: How important is the situational scrimmage for the football
4: IQ for that yeah. to develop? It's huge. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. I mean, it's just, you know, guys just creating that mindset in that moment, you know. I guess everybody does that. I don't know. Uh, I just believe in that. I mean, I, just, I don't want to have to wait all of a sudden I get in the game. And, plus, it challenges me as a coach and our staff to have to think and have to process stuff like it's a game situation because there's decisions that have to be made really quick. We're uh, talking about clock management and, and those type of things. So, so it's great work for us. Great, even though I've done it a long time, it's 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 just great to to go back through that and, and, and regain some confidence on on managing the game and how I want to call things and stuff like that. And then and then same thing defensively. Um, and even like our quarterbacks. I mean, we had a we had a uh, we had a third and three, uh, you know, two downs to get it and run a little boot. And he he could have. He could have walked for the first down, and instead he's holding the ball, and he makes a completion, but if he doesn't make that completion, it's fourth and three game on the line as opposed to, you know, un- really understanding the situation. It wasn't Trevor, uh, but but just just be into the moment, you know, and understand what we're doing here. And then more importantly, that's how you game plan. I mean, that, you know, it's the big difference between third and three and third and nine. I mean, the, the – you're gonna probably get different personnel. You're gonna probably get different formations, and, and the tendencies of what you see in those situations are different. So you got to be a smart football player, and then disciplined. You know, at second and nine. Well, all right, there's a good chance. Third and ten. That's a that's a that's a that's a big hard cap count, hard countdown. You know, and now all of a sudden you go from third and nine to third and four. The play sheet call ch- changes on both sides, and so just not giving them free you know free grass out there and being disciplined um, and really understanding, okay? It's second and one, it's second and ten. Completely different <laughs> situations in a game. And, uh, and and so it's good, you know, it's just something that I really believe in and we'll get some more of that. We sprinkle things in every day as we go, as we install. But today's the day we kind of put it all together. Um, it was awesome. But Potter Potter was big. The Potter hit a 51-yard field, field goal to win it uh, with, for the two-minute drive.
2: Coach Dabo Sweeney, after today's practice in the heat, folks, wow, I don't know if I want to be out practicing in that kind of heat, but I tell you what, we do have some comments from Coach Will Muschamp at the Gamecock scrimmage yesterday, and the coach had some interesting comments about the Gamecock offense. Now, normally you would think that with Jake Bentley being back there, the senior, that uh, the passing part of the offense wouldn't be a problem, but... Coach Muschamp said yesterday maybe they could uh, move the ball a little bit better through the air. Here are some comments from Coach Muschamp after the Gamecock practice or scrimmage yesterday.
3: We got done with practice 10 today. It was a, treated like a full game day. Uh, I thought uh, we had a pretty good day. It was the 10th day of practice and uh, came over to the stadium for the first time. Each group, we, we had more depth than we've ever had. So we had uh, each group got about 50 scrimmage snaps. Right at 50 with about 150 play scrimmage, uh, was pleased with the tempo, pleased with how we handled the day, and we had some nice heat out there, for, which was good. Uh, for us, we need to get accustomed to that because it's going to be hot. Uh, but but overall, pleased with how, how the day went, you know. And uh, we got two live kickoff coverages, we got a couple live punt. Coverages, which is really good for us to be able to play in space. You know, first game you're always concerned in those special team situations. Um, but overall, offensively, uh, need to run the ball better. I mean, if we're actually running the ball better, we need to throw it better. Uh, I thought we've run the ball pretty successfully in camp, uh, but but we're not as consistent in a throwing game, whether it's from a protection standpoint or just throwing and catching it. Uh, we had a couple explosive plays. Jake hit uh, Shia on a big touchdown, and then uh, hit Mon in a one-minute situation to put us in the field goal range to win the game, which Parker went out and hit it. So that was that was positive, but I, we just need to be more consistent throwing the football defensively. Uh, been very you know pleased with our front seven and how we 've played I've got to continue to to work on our perimeter as far as leveraging the ball tackling and getting getting things on the ground in space. I thought we did tackle pretty well today for the first time we had a live short yards and goal line on practice six. Um, but uh, today was our first time live, full out in the field tackling, and I thought we tackled pretty well. But uh, some things we obviously can take a step forward. I'm pleased with where we are special teams-wise. We've got more team speed than we've had, uh, and we've got some really good specialists, and Parker and Joe's having a great camp. Really pleased with where he is right now. But, uh, again, overall, you know, pretty pleased with the day. Uh, And to be able to get that many snaps, the depth we have obviously helps. It helps develop the bottom half of your roster, and that's where young players can really be developed in your program, especially line of scrimmage players, that's where it makes a difference in your team, and that's the first time we've really been able to do that in, a, in, a, in fall camp. But uh, you know, Andrew Wise were pretty, pretty, in pretty good shape. Really, Evan Henson had a was having a hard time breathing early in camp, had an irregular heartbeat. He's going to have an ablation surgery on Wednesday, which is very similar to what ta- happened to Taylor Stallworth three years ago. It's a six to eight week recovery. He's going to be fine. I'm glad we caught it on the Echo, uh, but it's an unfortunate situation for him. Jt eBay strained his pec, the same injury that he had at Rice. Um, Probably be a week before we get him back, but he'll be fine. Donnell Stanley had a little bit of a back spasm, did not scrimmage today, but he's going to be fine. He'll be back this week. Kiel Pollard's got a little bit of a stinger. We're working through that process right now. Uh, Tavian Feaster has been practicing, but he's been non-contact. We had to remove his tooth. It was an infected tooth, and and they didn't want him to have contact. He'll be cleared for full contact when we get back out at Wednesday. Tomorrow's a NCAA mandatory off day, which we'll have meetings and walk through. Uh, J.J. Ambari would be back full. Wednesday, K.T. Uh, Kier Thomas would be cleared next week. And that's all we've got on the injury injury front. So, uh, But, again, ple- pleased with the progress we've made, uh, but obviously some things we can improve on. I'll open it up for any questions. Raise your hand, David.
2: Well, last week you mentioned that it was kind of alarming the number of uh, drops you guys might have. Are holding on to the football? Have you seen yeah. any progress in that?
3: Well, we didn't have a. a we had one interception today in a, in a fourth down situation where we needed to throw the football, and I believe that was the only turnover that we had all day. So it's good offense, bad for the defense, and we need to get the ball off people better. But we've done a we've done a nice job in camp defensively. Uh, you know, some of our because we do so many two and three spot drills. It's some of the, sometimes it's some down the line guys turning the ball over, uh, so you got to you know it, from my seat you've got to keep that all in perspective. Uh, but today we did a nice job of protecting the ball, and uh, you know I mean there was some good and bad on both ends. I thought we played really well defensively in the red area, uh, holding the people to field goals. You know obviously offensively we want 70% of the time to score touchdowns. We didn't do that today. Uh, we we took care of the ball. We didn't get on defense. So whatever positive it is on one side, it's a negative on the other. So that's kind of how it is. John. I believe you mentioned that you want to see Jake, or excuse me, um, Ryan and uh, DeCarion get the ball out a little bit quicker. Uh, did did you see some see that in the scrimmage? In no, that? We, at, at that position, we're not getting the ball out quick enough. We all three, we're not getting the ball out quick enough. So we we got to have a better time clock, especially in one minute situation. You take a sack, the drive's over. It gets a good drive killer. So, uh, got to get the ball out quicker. All three guys. Back to the room, Mike.
1: Well, as you mentioned. You-
2: Coach Will Muschamp yesterday after the scrimmage for the South Carolina Gamecocks. You know, what I take away from all this is that the coaches aren't going to give you a whole lot of info. Uh, I do think that the injury stuff is legit. And, I mean, I think that's probably the most legit information you'll get. As far as the rest of it goes, you know, if a player has a bad play, they may remember that. But then they may forget the other eight great plays that they made. I'm not saying that's a fact, but you know, you're know you more likely to remember the, the screw-ups as a coach than you are to remember the good things that uh, all the time. So I don't really know exactly how much you'll get out of hearing from both uh, Will Muschamp and Coach Sweeney, but it does give you kind of an idea of where they are on the practice front. Uh, some things I took away from uh, Coach Muschamp was... We, we, we really don't know who the backup quarterback is going to be. Um, in my opinion, I don't like the idea of saying, all right, it's going to be either Dakarion Joyner or Ryan Halinski." I don't think that's the best way to go. I, and that's just me being the guy that sits on his couch and watches games. I like definitive answers. One, two, and three on the depth chart. I like that. Now, I may not be able to get that, and that's fine, but those are some of the things that I think are interesting, uh, especially with the quarterback situation. And they talk about Joyner being such a dynamic athlete. Why not run some plays with that guy? Why not have a set of plays where you never know when it's going to come in, but have it set up where you can use his athletic ability to maybe move the ball down the field? That might be a good idea. When you have two athletes that are the caliber
0: of... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: To carry on Joyner and Tavian Feaster, who is a former track star, and you have two of those in the backfield, that's going to make it tough on some defenses. And if you have both of them back there and you're not quite sure where it's going to go, wow, that could be interesting, very interesting if you are a South Carolina fan especially if you've got Brian Edwards on on another side with the size that he has. It's it's, uh, interesting there for the Gamecocks with the athletes that they've got just on that side of the ball. Now, you can have athletes, but you have to be able to make sure that you can complete plays. So it's interesting that that comes up uh, in my mind anyway on the backup quarterback situation. Eight oh three nine seven eight one eight three two, eight oh three, nine seven eight one eight three two. Do you think we need to get a do you think we need to get a an answer on who the number two quarterback is or are you okay with going in with it being one A or two A and two B? I think for the betterment of the players that would be awesome. But, you know, I'm not the head coach. But we'll take your calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832 is the number to call to join us on the rundown this afternoon. We'll talk about some some players today that made the All-American team. And we're also going to do the list today. And since the decade is wrapping up, I thought it'd be fun to do the best college football quarterbacks of the 2010s. I'll give you my five best. You can put your five best out there as well. Give us a call at 803-978-1832-803-978-1832 803-978-1832 is the number to call. Uh, from Coach Sweeney's stuff, it was just a situational scrimmage. Um, but I do think that this is today's scrimmage was one of those grind scrimmages because you're out there in that heat and you're expected to play at a high level. And when you get hot, I mean I lose focus a little bit. If you're on one of those offensive linemen and you're trying to go with stuff on account, or whatever, you've got to deal with that, and that that's that's difficult. So today is one of those grinding scrimmages of camp. 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832 is the number to call. If you want to talk about uh, what we mentioned here on the rundown with Coach Sweeney and Coach Mushchamp with their comments from scrimmages, we'll get into that this afternoon. The best college quarterbacks of the 2010s. Urban Meyer, will he stay out of coaching? One person says, -uh. nah, nah. We'll tell you about that in a little bit and a lot more right here on The Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400.
1: your way to our 2019 iHeartRadio Music Festival and $1,000 to spend while you're in Vegas. T-Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas. More than 30 of the biggest music superstars. Handpicked by iHeartRadio. Hosted by Ryan Seacrest.
0: This October, a new day brings a new kind of hero, and she plays by her own rules. From the executive producers of Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow comes the incredible new series, Batwoman. Series premieres Sunday, October 6th on- the cw when you get in your car you need the best directions to get where you want to be you will arrive at your retirement in eight. the years. same is true for your retirement you need a voice to guide you along the way join pat Struby for save your retirement with pat Struby pat's 18 years of experience can help make your retirement journey feel like a drive down easy street arriving at your retirement
1: Saturdays, 6 a.m. on Fox Sports Radio and Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 9 on 560 WVOC for Save Your Retirement with Pat Strube.
0: Hey, Mills. Hi, neighbor. Ever since we moved into this house, my grass has been nothing but brown and thin.
3: You had the wrong grass, and I know just the people to call for that. Call Carolina Fresh Farms. They have over 10 varieties of locally grown sod that they can deliver fresh to you.
4: Really? Yes, and I know you will love it. So get your yard Carolina fresh today.
3: You know how it goes. You
1: want
2: something so badly and it's just out of your budget. But did you check eBay? On eBay, you don't save on one thing. You save on the special things, the everyday things, and the happy dance things. Find it all at the right price every day, only on eBay.
1: Gamecock fans, looking for a great place to tailgate before kickoff? Listen up. Check out Circle NBP, 905 Bluff Road, across from the stadium for some of the best parking and tailgating spots around. Newman Circle NBP has spaces available right now. Call 413-5976. That's 413-5976 for spaces almost in the shadow of Williams-Brice. So make sure you get your tailgate space now. Call Newman Circle NBP at 413-5976. Get the whole family ready to step into that famous back-to-school feeling with Famous Footwear's buy-one-get-one-half-off sale going on now. That's one pair of Chuck advance for him and half-off Adidas for her. Fresh new Timberlands for her and half-off new boots for you. Shop top brands that'll make your family feel like they're on top of the world. Famous Footwear, because everyone deserves to feel a little famous. Buy one item, get a second item of equal or lesser value for half price. Some exclusions apply. Welcome back to The Rundown. Follow Rob on Twitter at RobSoundsGood.
2: Welcome back to The Rundown. I'm Rob Sanders. Thanks for joining me here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 around the world on the iHeartRadio app. You know, I forgot to mention this before we went to break. Uh, I got something from Fox 17 Nashville about Tennessee being, you know, we had the most obnoxious fan base. Now, I think there's a big difference between being obnoxious and annoying. If you're obnoxious, uh, I think that you are just out and about trying to make people's life miserable. If you're annoying, I think that's different. We did obnoxious a couple of weeks ago. But according to this poll, and this is done by uh, Darren Ravel, they rank the most annoying college football fan bases. And the top four... Joining Tennessee are Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Out of the what 2000 responses that they got, so out of a pool of 2000 people, they think that the top four are Tennessee, make sure I give it to you, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. Now, if you remember, as far as obnoxious fans, last week it were a couple, I think it was two weeks ago, according to my notes. It was Georgia fans, and I completely agreed with that. But as far as being annoying, I think it comes down with Tennessee to, to the Rocky Top song. If you go to a Tennessee game, they just constantly play that song, and after a while, it really is annoying. You think of them as an annoying team simply because of, of, of their fight song. Maybe there's more to it than that. I don't know. But as far as annoying fan bases go, they did put Tennessee and Georgia in like a bracket together. And Tennessee got 67% of the vote as being the most annoying fan base. So that's interesting in its own right, because we all agreed, at least here on the rundown and with uh, the folks that follow me on Twitter at Rob Sounds Good, that it was Georgia was the most obnoxious, but most annoying goes to Tennessee. But the other, the other teams that are there, Alabama, when you really think about it, a lot of it is because they can just point at the scoreboard and go, ha-ha, we beat everybody, ha-ha, ha-ha, ha-ha. Ohio State, I think they're holding up the, uh, the Big Ten world because, let's be honest, Michigan is terrible. But maybe they're trying to hold on to what they had at one point you guys know how i feel about the big 10 i'm working on it my buddy john on facebook and a couple other folks have really kind of gotten to me behind the scenes telling me you know rob you should be more open about big 10 football and then i tell them win something and then they get you know they get angry and then we go from there but notre dame is very interesting now if you deal with a lot of notre dame fans they think that they are they have the i mean literally they talk like they're an Alabama team. Every single time when you talk to some Alabama or Notre Dame fans, even when they, when Clemson beat them by 27 points, they are still running their mouths about, well, it wasn't anything that Clemson did. Really? Really? Bill on Facebook last says UCF is trending. Yes. When you, when you claim a national title that you don't have, that makes you annoying. and we Annoying to the point where we kind of laugh at you. So who is the most annoying fan base? And if, if you have to go, stay within the four. Are you going to go with uh, Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State, or Notre Dame? We'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832. If you have to add another one. Now, I don't want it to turn into a Carolina and Clemson war today here on the program. We have plenty of time for... Uh, Gamecock and Tiger hatred throughout the season. Let's talk about teams that are kind of annoying outside of the Palmetto State, all right? Would you go with Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State, or Notre Dame as the most annoying? Those were the final four in the poll done by Darren Ravel, 803-978-1832. Each team there has their own spectacle. And here's the interesting part. You know, Tennessee has kind of fallen off the radar as far as football goes. They haven't really been good in a very long time. I think I read something where they, they lost like 12 straight to Alabama, and I know that that's, that's not what you judge your season by. But if you remember when, I think from 2005 to 2014, they were, or something like that, they won like, or 95 to 2004, they won like nine out of 10. And Tennessee was kind of the darling of college football for a little bit there. Bill says online that it's Ohio State. Yeah, you can definitely go with that. It seems like Ohio State is just, especially when they get into this kick of, well, everyone in the SEC cheats. Have you, have you heard that? You, you hear that a lot from Big Ten folks. Everyone in the SEC cheats. We do things the right way here at Ohio State. I've heard that phrase so many times that it kind of makes me laugh just a little bit. All right, we'll take calls on that at 803-978-1832, 803-978-1832. The most annoying fan base in college football is a Tennessee, Alabama, Ohio State, or Notre Dame. Any one of those four. I know my uh, cousin up in Indiana, big Notre Dame fan, he is going to, I know he's probably listening up there on the iHeartRadio app, Unless I yell really loud and you can hear me from here. But he'll tell you, I don't know what you're talking about. You're just saying that because it's Notre Dame. No, I'm not. You know exactly what I'm talking about. 803-978-1832. We're going to talk some All-Americans here in a little bit. It's kind of funny that uh, Coach Dabo Sweeney said he didn't know who his number one defensive ends were in the, uh, the comments that we played earlier. But one of those defensive ends is a All-American with CBS Sports. So we'll tell you about that in just a little bit. Also, the best quarterbacks of the 2010s. Think about this now. Back from 2010 until now, the best quarterbacks in college football. Who you got? There are some great ones that are out there. But I've compiled my list of five, and then I've got some runners-up because we've had a lot of good quarterbacks. But the best college quarterbacks, not what they did in the NFL because that's not really fair. Talking about guys that played in college and tore it up in the past decade. Mr. Thompson on Facebook Live says he's going with Cam Newton. You know, it's kind of when you think about Cam Newton, I look at Cam Newton and I think, Uh, First of all, i got to remember when the last time he played. Did he play in the 2010s? That's one of them. But he only really played one season. He had one good season. So are you going to take one good season and then then go from there? Or are you going to take guys that played three years, four years, what have you? So we'll see how that works for you this afternoon here on The Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. That is right, they were the 2010 national champions, but it's one year. So we'll have time to argue that when we come up with the list here momentarily. So the best quarterbacks of the 2010s. Tomorrow we'll probably do the best running backs of the 2010s and then work our way through some of the positions uh, as we get closer to football season. Got some great guests lined up for the show. Kevin McCreary, who used to work here. Follow him on Twitter. He's at KMacMustDie. Probably the best Twitter handle ever. Yeah, he'll be on with me at some point. Coach Eric Wilson also joining me on the program tomorrow. He came before and broke down the South Carolina uh, season. Tomorrow it's all about the Tigers with uh, Coach Eric Wilson. More of the rundown in just a moment. The top quarterbacks of 2010s right here on Fox Sports Radio
0: 1400.
2: Strap in. It's time for The List. The List this afternoon. Every day we have The List at 335. Of course, we do everything from uh, best pro wrestlers to best players to play in the NFL that are from the state of South Carolina. Check out the archive on The List. It's all on the podcast, foxsportsradio1400.com. Today's list, though, is different. It is the best quarterbacks of the 2010s. Now, I've already caught some grief online from some folks telling me that uh, X players should be here, etc. I'm going to give you my list, and then we'll talk about some of the players that uh, may or may not should have been there. It all depends on how you look at it, all right? But this is my list of the best quarterbacks from the the decade of the 2010s. Here we go. Number five. Let's start with, this one was kind of interesting because I had to stop and think about it a little bit. But if you remember, Jameis Winston was a heck of a quarterback at Florida State. Did a lot of great things there for the Seminoles. I have him in at number five. There were a lot of people that were right there on his his cleats, though, that he kind of jumped over them and uh, took Florida State to a national title as a freshman. So, Jameis Winston right there at number five. Number four, number four on the list, I'm going to go with Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel at Texas A&M, he finished, he did win the Heisman Trophy, finished fifth in the Heisman Trophy his final year with the school, but played in, what, 26 games, threw for almost 8,000 yards, Uh, 63 touchdowns in two seasons, only throwing 22 interceptions for as many times as he threw the ball, completing, uh, right at 70% of his passes. I gotta go with Johnny Manziel at number four. He would probably be higher on the list if he wasn't such a goofball off the field Doing things that were just silly, but I'll stick with him at number four. Number three, number three for me has got to be, and I I had to redo the list here a little bit. Uh, Cam Newton at number three. Now, he only played the one year, the one full year at Auburn. But if you look at that year, he came in, nobody knew who he was. I mean, if you were one of those people that were that follow all of the junior college stuff, yeah, I get that. He did play 3 2 seasons at Florida and then had issues at Florida. But in his one season, he had 2854 yards through the air at Auburn. Not to count the the yards that he had on the ground. Okay? This guy got a lot of a uh, lot of stuff on the ground as well, only throwing seven interceptions. And of course, 30 touchdowns, completing almost 70% of his passes as well. But he made Auburn, he willed Auburn to a national title. So Cam Newton is in the list at number three. Number two. Number two, I'm gonna go with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, he had a great career at Stanford. Of course, finished second in the Heisman for two seasons. Remember the whole suck for luck theory that everybody was talking about? His tenure at Stanford in three seasons, 9,430 yards, 82 touchdowns, 22 interceptions. He's just been on an NFL team where they can't really keep him healthy. He gets beat up a lot in the NFL. But as far as his passing goes and the stuff he did at Stanford, I'm an amazing, amazing quarterback in the three years that he was at Stanford. And number, one. number one for me has to be Deshaun Watson in this uh, in the 2010s. There are folks that, uh, when I talked to some folks about it in the hallway, some of the folks that run around here, they were like, well, what about Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence has had one season. He may end up being the best quarterback of the 2020s with the two years that he's got left at Clemson. But in Deshaun Watson's career at Clemson, just passing yardage, three seasons, 10,168 yards uh, passing, 90 touchdowns, 32 picks, completing nearly 70% of his passes, just an amazing player for Clemson. Also on the ground, if you look at it from this too, he had 26 touchdowns on the ground, rushed for almost 2,000 yards over his career including one season in 2015 where he rushed for about 1,100 yards. So that 2015 season, he rushed for 1,100 yards and passed for 4,100 yards. That's, of course, the year Clemson wins the National. I think, yeah, that is, no, he won in his senior year. His junior year, I say his junior year, basically the final year that he's there. His sophomore year, he threw for, He threw and rushed for over 5,000 yards as a player. That is a monumental career for Deshaun Watson, and that puts him at number one on the list. All right, if you want to respond to the list, you can. 803-978-1832. Some other quarterbacks that uh, were kind of close to a tongue of viola. you got to appreciate him. Uh, Pat Mahomes, you can talk about his numbers that he got at Texas Tech. The thing that kept him out, though, was that I think Texas Tech system—just my opinion. You could talk about Kyler Murray too. Uh, Case Keenum, when he played for the Houston Cougars, I think that's more of their system as well. But everybody else kind of comes down just a little bit. Uh, some of the other, one of the other names that was on there that I didn't really think much about, but Andy Dalton. Had a pretty good career at TCU, and and brought the uh, the Horn Frogs some national publicity when he was there. So those are the best quarterbacks of the 2010s. Tomorrow, the best running backs of the 2010s. As we move along here on the rundown, I tell you what, it is hot outside, absolutely disgustingly hot outside. As you uh, heard Tyler Ryan tell you earlier, just just muggy, 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 muggy. And I think about that because of the young men going out there to practice. Let's make sure they all get dehydrated there. I worry about the hydration of all the college athletes out there, out there doing their thing to to make it make themselves shine in uh, September. You got to put in the work in August. I think they'll, that every coach will tell you that. But my goodness, it's hot out there. All right. So if you want to respond on the quarterback issues that I talked about, I say issues, but the best quarterbacks of the 2010s. 803-978-1832. When we come back. We're going to talk about some uh, some All-Americans. CBS Sports released their All-American team. We'll get into that. And the Giants owner says he doesn't care if Daniel Jones plays this year. We'll get into that and a lot more in just a moment. You're listening to the Rundown. This is Fox Sports Radio 1400. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rundown final segment of the afternoon. I am Rob Sanders. I am always happy to be your host. As I sit here in our, our studios here at Greystone Boulevard, it uh, amazes me I get to do what uh, I said I wanted to do when I was a kid. Not many people can, uh, can do that, but I get to come in and talk sports every day with you. You feel free to join in and talk back with me, 803-978-1832. You can follow me on Facebook Live as well. Also reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Rob Sounds Good. Go and check out the blog page today from the ACC Digital Network. Got a full Clemson preview with Coach Dabo Sweeney, also with Tanner Muse and uh, the safety and uh, John Simpson, the offensive tackle. About a five-minute video they put out that previews the upcoming season for Clemson. Uh, tomorrow on the program, Coach Eric Wilson will join us. And uh, break down some X's and O's. Some of the questions that I will ask Coach Wilson, the former Gamecock assistant, is how much Clemson will miss Tavian Feaster. Will that put some holes in their running back depth chart? What uh, I think one of the other questions I was going to ask him was, uh, is Trevor Lawrence set up for a sophomore slump? Those are big words there, but you never know. I mean, there that is a term that does affect sophomores. So, several other questions we're going to ask Coach Eric Wilson tomorrow here on The Rundown on Fox Sports Radio 1400. Final couple of things from today. CBS Sports released their All-Americans and their Preseason Player of the Year is Trevor Lawrence, of course, from uh, Clemson. The Coach of the Year is Dabo Sweeney of Clemson. Selections by conference. The SEC has 19 total selections, nine. On the first team, the big 10 with nine on the first team, 11 total overall, the ACC five on the first team and 10 overall. And then it works its way down from there. So I'll give you the the folks that uh, we know from around the state. We'll start with that quarterback. Obviously, it's the sophomore Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Travis Etienne is the first team running back. And then as you move down the line here. I think that that is all for Clemson or South Carolina on the first team. On the second team, you've got. Make sure I'll give you the proper info here because my page went down there for a second. All right. John Simpson is the offensive line, second team All American offensive lineman from Clemson. Xavier Thomas, according to Coach Sweeney, he doesn't know who running back or defensive end number one is yet. That's what the comments he gave us earlier. Well, CBS Sports says, uh, here you go, coach. Your, start, your starting defensive lineman uh, should be Xavier Thomas. I guess they're trying to help. They've got him as a second-team All-American. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker from Clemson, the redshirt junior, is listed as a second-team All-American linebacker. As we move on down the list here, I think that was the last one, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, it is. So, Tua to of Viola is the uh, second team quarterback, and you have A.J. Dillon as the second team running back. I think people have slept on A.J. Dillon just a little bit. They forget how dynamic he is with the ball. Uh, Your your other running back is Jonathan Taylor for Wisconsin on the first team. And then that's a lot of Alabama players. Jerry Judy, the wide receiver, he's a first-team All-American. Georgia checking in there with an offensive lineman of Andrew Thomas. They are special down there at Georgia so much talent at Georgia right now and you wonder what the next step is going to be can they beat Alabama or do they need to have someone beat Alabama so that they don't have the Bama thing over their head when they go into the SEC championship game that's going to be interesting regardless so we'll see how that shakes out for the season that in my opinion is one of the biggest stories of the season is is not whether Clemson can get back to the playoff. It's Can Georgia get over the Alabama hump? Can Alabama get over what happened to them in the national championship game? All those are some different storylines as we head into the college football season. Finally, this story was very interesting to me. I want to get it out here real quick. Giants owner Dan Mora was asked about if he wanted to see, if he wanted to transition into Daniel Jones playing quarterback. Here are his comments. How can, ideally, how would you like it to unfold for this season?
4: I hope Eli has a great year and Daniel never sees the field. I mean, I, I would be in an ideal world that you'd like to see that. So. Um, but, uh, again, it's um, at the end of the day, it's going to be a decision by the head coach as to when, you know, or if Daniel ends up playing this year. Is that that really, I mean, you would I mean, obviously you want the team to win a lot of games in the playoffs, but um,
2: if Daniel doesn't play one snap as a rookie, you okay with that? I'd
4: be very happy about that because that means that we're having a great year and Eli's having a great
2: year. I think that's a lot of respect for his veteran. But the way Daniel Jones has played in the early preseason, I think if the Giants start out, say, 0-4, it's going to be, here, Eli, hold the clipboard. I think that's what's going to happen with the Giants. All right, tomorrow on the rundown, as I said, Coach Eric Wilson joins us. Kevin McCreary, at some point, i got to get on the phone with him. He said he was going to join us one day this week. Kevin McCurry, of course, used to work here with us, one of the South Carolina's best broadcasters, but he has decided to retire at a young age. I think he just lifts weights now and chases his daughter around. That's pretty cool. But we'll get Kevin in here to talk a little bit of uh, sports, of course, before the week is out. Uh, Plenty of other guests lined up in the coming weeks. As we do previews for each team that South Carolina and Clemson will play, we'll definitely at least get the ACC and SEC opponents as uh, we get closer and closer to football season. All right, be sure to check out the preview that I have on uh, my blog page at foxsportsradio1400.com. It's from the ACC Digital Network. Full preview with Coach Dabo Sweeney, John Simpson, and Tanner Muse. Also, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sounds Good. We were discussing last night the validity of the movie Top Gun. I was talking with some folks about that last night, so check that out. It's on Fox Sports Radio, for, or excuse me, on Twitter, at Rob Sounds Good. More of the rundown tomorrow here on Fox Sports Radio 1400.